welcome to another episode of Teens on the Road, the one and only podcast for full-time RVing teenagers. I'm your hostess, Kayla, and here with us today is fellow nomad, Grace. We will be discussing her thoughts on RV living and some of the experiences she's had over the years. Hi, and welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Yeah, we're happy to have you, Grace. So tell us where you are in the world. Well, right now, I am located in northern Michigan in a city called Sheboygan, which is kind of near the bridge that connects to the Upper Peninsula, so... Yeah. Which lake are you nearest? Um, I am actually right across the street from Lake Huron. Yes. Nice. So not technically on the water, but I can hear it sometimes when it storms. So Braxton, two episodes ago, mentioned how beautiful Upper Michigan is. Is that true? Yes, he was definitely right in saying that. It's pretty gorgeous up here. Awesome. I will be making it up there one day. Yeah, definitely. I would add that to my bucket list if I hadn't already been here. <laughs> if you hadn't already lived there, then yes. <laughs> so, Grace, what is your family's story? What prompted you guys to start traveling? Okay, so my family, we so we have lived in Michigan, like, my whole family forever. Like, all the history of the Novaks have always lived in Michigan. And we, honestly, we went to school like traditional school for a while and we did not really care for the traditional school system so we would like maximize the amount of days we could skip and skip as many as we could without like losing credit for the class <laughs> and we would travel as much as we could and then and my dad would like work like long hours and my mom like nannied for other kids mm-hmm. and then one day we sat down and we were like this doesn't make sense we're going to a school that we don't really like like the system my dad's working so hard to pay for the school because it was like private so it's expensive Mm-hmm. And my mom is spending her free time watching other people's kids when she wants to be watching us. So we were like, why don't we just travel? But we were a little too afraid to, like, take the initiative there. So we kind of just, like, sat on that thought for a while. And then COVID hit <laughs> and, like, took away all the things we actually liked about school and our life here. And it was just the worst Michigan winter, COVID, like, all of that was just so awful. So we finished out the school year and hit the road pretty much. <laughs> nice. So, Grace, you don't live in an RV. You have a unique traveling experience. So, tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So, even we, my family always jokes because we live in, like, this, like, unique, like, um, culture kind of. I don't know, like, this little, like, group of people who travels. And then we're unique from it, too, in that we don't even do RVs like most people. We actually stay in Airbnbs all over. And we drive in a big, we have a big suburban with, like, a bike rack on the back and, stuff up top and call it our clown car her name is barbie but (laughs) she takes us everywhere and then we stay at airbnbs yeah and occasionally we'll tent camp or stay at hotels because we have like hyatt points so Mm -hmm. yeah so that's usually what we do (laughs) so what prompted you guys to like do that instead of getting an rv well we have always liked the idea of traveling internationally as well and so we kind of we weren't really totally ready to do that yet in our first year because this is only we've only traveled for one year so far mm-hmm. and but we wanted to be able to have that option if we wanted to to be able to fly and then like still be able to continue traveling the way we did in airbnbs and because obviously like transporting an rv across the ocean would be <laughs> a process yeah so we wanted to keep our areas open for that and then we also just we weren't really sure if we were going to commit to this long term and we felt like buying an RV was kind of permanent too. Like, 
saying like we're going to travel like for years and we weren't really sure if we were going to like it that much like maybe we would want to settle back down and then we would just like have this RV that we didn't know what to do with and would have to sell so it was kind of like just to help us ease into it but then we ended up really really liking this way of traveling so I think we're going to stick with it probably for a long a long time awesome and I that is a fair point because we got our 45 foot toy hauler from a couple who had had it in their driveway for years and they'd only occasionally used it and then when we get it we remodel the entire place and we already know that we're keeping this thing until it like falls apart (laughs) yeah yours is really nice though I like yours is like a house on wheels like it's so you did a really nice job like furnishing it and everything so thank you thank you most of that credit goes to my mother she repainted it at least three times. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, but it was a process, but it is beautiful and we love it here. So mm-hmm. it all worked out. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> so you were 14 when you first started? Um, I was 15, I guess, technically. It, we, we spent, so it's like right now, like a year ago from today, we like first started like the idea of like planning for traveling and stuff and I was 14 when we started planning but mm-hmm. we didn't like technically hit the road until November of last summer so for a full year I lied I'm sorry um so yeah I was 15 to answer your question <laughs> okay so how did you adjust to that change it's unlike any other traveling thing that I've heard of so please tell me well it was There was a big learning curve. We So we left in November and we drove to Arizona for five weeks and we came back in time for Christmas. And I'm so glad we came back to Michigan for Christmas because that gave us time to like re-figure everything out because we had just like totally, like we had no idea what we were doing. And -hmm. there were a lot of things that we needed to adjust. There was a big learning curve. So that was like, that time that we took back in December, we were able to figure out like a new system for packing, a new system for like storing our stuff and for driving and figuring out like our school because we had never homeschooled before either. So that was like our time that we were able to fix a lot of our kinks in our system. And that was really helpful. And that helped all of us to adjust like so much. Like we got rid of like half the stuff we had brought because we didn't need so much, we realized. Mm -hmm. So that was definitely really helpful for us in our learning to like to adjust and learn. You just needed a break after starting off to, like, get the system really down. Exactly. So what are some areas of that system that you would think are unique to the Airbnb traveling? Hmm. Well, I know that this is true to some extent with RVs, but, like, it's really, like, a prominent thing with us. We have to totally unpack everything mm-hmm. and then repack everything every anytime we go anywhere because, like, we don't have like drawers for our clothes to go in there in our camp bags in the car. So then we have to take that out, put it in drawers. So that process like of just unpacking and repacking everything used to take us at least a full day. We would spend like if we had a four day, four night stay somewhere, we would spend half of it just unpacking and repacking. Oh my gosh. So yeah. So that was something that like, that was really hard at the beginning of the trip. And then Thankfully, though, by like a couple months into it, we had gotten it down. So now we can do it in like an hour on a good day, which is so nice. So that's something that was like a really big struggle for us, like specific to our traveling that we had to overcome and work through. And we're still working on it, but it's gotten a lot nicer now. So do you guys like take 
any appliances with you or is it just clothes and like what do you all do you have to pack um well so this is <laughs> this is gonna be funny but so when we first left we actually brought our coffee maker oh my, my parents wanted to have coffee when we tent camped and we were gonna plug it into our car because like the cars have outlets you know yeah it was way too much power that our car did not have so we were in the middle of the great smoky mountains with this giant coffee maker so that was something that we were able to adjust to in december we got rid of the coffee maker and that appliance but other than that we we carried a splendor with us because we're big on we have smoothies with like every meal okay but other than that most of the houses we stayed at had a lot of our appliances so yeah we had a couple of like like camp like little like camp like I forget what it's called jet foil I think mm-hmm. like that you can heat stuff up when you go tent camping but yeah. other little than that thrill. the houses are pretty well stocked yeah so what are some of your like favorite Airbnbs that you've been to I know some of them do cool themes oh, that's so hard oh uh, some of them we stayed at are so cool and some of them are like so not cool <laughs> um we stayed, like, yeah, we stayed at one in Kanab, Utah, when we were doing, like, Zion and Bryce Canyon and stuff, and it was, like, Western-themed, and they had, like, 18 bedrooms. Okay, that was a lie. They were, it was more, like, eight, but it felt like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, the only Airbnb there, so we had to take it, and it was, like, they had, like, a little fake jail in the basement, and it was actually pretty cool. That's yeah. <laughs> Are there any, like, super boring Airbnbs that you wish you hadn't gone to? Um, there was one, uh, like, so some people, when they do Airbnbs, they make it like their house and it decorations and it's just so adorable and nice. And some people are like, it's just like a house that they bought and like filled to the bare minimum, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, so we stayed in one like that outside of, I believe it was Death Valley. It was just like, there just like, wasn't enough stuff. Like it was just like really boring. Like there was like one picture on the wall everything was gray and but it was yeah so how did you personally adjust to that change of moving from private school stability to moving all the time unpacking everything yeah um well I like to think that I adjusted well I don't know it was like I was really had a lot of like stressed I didn't realize how stressed I was in school with like deadlines and like the social aspect of it like it's just a lot and there's not a lot of time to like I don't know like relax you know and like Mm -hmm. catch up on like sleep and stuff when you're like so busy so that was a I carried a lot of that stress with me to the first couple months on the trip and it took me a while to like kind of get used to like the laid back lifestyle and just like things will get done like you don't have to worry that much you know like that was like I, if I miss a deadline for school, my mom's my teacher, so she'll be upset, but it's not the end of the world, you know, like, it's, like, that, like, go with the flow mentality Mm -hmm. is not me, and that was really hard to adjust to, but now I kind of love it, actually. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Was there something you thought you would hate, but ended up liking? Yeah, so, yeah, I would say that was definitely one of them, like, just like not being so like on top of things like I can just chill which is nice because I have a very kind of type a personality so that was real nice (laughs) yeah it's good you can't be like going all like 100 miles an hour all the time Mm -hmm. 
and and you just can't control everything that happens on the road like when you're living that type of lifestyle like no matter how much control and planning you put into it things are gonna go wrong and they're gonna be unexpected and you just can't help that so just accepting that instead of trying to fight back is a lot easier yeah that was that was probably my biggest change was that I am not in control at all mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just had to like to completely let go and be like god I trust you <laughs> don't yeah don't let me die yet <laughs> <laughs> for real though that's a big thing just putting that trust in god too that I like faith as well because I had to do that it was like a whole new level which was really awesome yeah and also you're extremely grateful for what the opportunity that you're getting to spend with your family I can't even express how grateful yeah that was thank you for saying that that was so true yeah it's it's very important and it I think it's just comes naturally like every RVR I've talked to or I guess traveler I guess in this situation (laughs) has been like yeah I'm so grateful for what I've been able to do and like I don't have you ever met like a mean traveler like never (laughs) for real I'm not even just saying that never yeah (laughs) you're just like I think traveling is just good for people Mm -hmm. I yeah I totally agree (laughs) so do you have any advice for other teens I know that you don't live in an RV but do you think you have applicable advice anyway yes I do actually my advice would be to just like kind of similar to what we were saying actually just like know that things are going to be different and just embrace that like when we first left I tried to like fit as many of my clothes that I was usually wearing I have like such a big wardrobe usually and I tried to like fit like my old life like into a bag to bring with me so that I could recreate that life like in different spots and it's just that's not attainable like it's gonna look so different and the whole lifestyle is just gonna totally change for a positive but it's only positive like if you make it positive so I would say instead of trying to like fight back against that change to just kind of embrace it and make it the best it possibly can be for you and then you'll be generally just happier I feel like and more able to like adjust quicker yeah you have to let the growth happen yeah for sure trust the process (laughs) awesome grace so what is a place or experience that you will never forget okay I saw that you wrote that question out in the questionnaire you gave me, and I thought so long and hard about the experience I wanted to share, and I found one, and I am so excited to share it with you. You can do <laughs> multiple if you want. Oh, you're tempting me. I have, like, so many stories. I would talk for hours if you let me, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's a funny one, though. I bet you've never heard this before. Okay. So, well, first, I have to ask a question. Have you been to Wind Cave National Park? No. Where is it? Um... South Dakota? Wyoming? No, South Dakota. That's a great question. I think it's in South Dakota. Now I'm actually not positive, but I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Probably should have thought of that before I like okay, in okay. for the story. <laughs> but anyways, okay. So my family, we're going to Wind Cave National Park and it's we were staying in an Airbnb. Yeah, it was South Dakota. We were staying in Airbnb in South Dakota. And it was on the other side of the time change in South Dakota. And we didn't realize that. So we're like morning of like, you have to get a reservation to go on the tour. So we're morning of like all over the place. Like, oh my gosh, we didn't realize it was a different time change. Like we got to get there in time so that we can do our tour. And of like of the caves, because we wanted to see it, obviously. Right, right. 
And so we're just like super hassled, like didn't get like a full breakfast like we usually do when we're going to like hike and explore. And so we get there. It's a long drive. We get there. We're in the tunnel, like going down. And this is not our first cave. We did like a couple tours at Mammoth Caves. So we were kind of experienced in caves. So we were expecting them to do the thing that they usually do where they like turn off all the lights and you're really quiet so that you can experience like total silence and total darkness. So we finally are at that point. And to be honest, it scares me a little bit. Not many people know that, but I don't like it when they do that. <laughs> but so we're sitting, we're standing there and it's pitch black now and it's dead silent. And it's like us and a bunch of other people on this tour. And then all of a sudden I'm standing next to my dad and he has his arm around me because I hate feeling like, oh, I just don't like that feeling. Mm. So, and then all of a sudden it's dead silent and we hear this giant growl and we're like, oh my gosh. And we look and it was my dad's stomach because he was so hungry <laughs> and it echoed off the cave like you could like, it like echo no and everyone heard it and the entire cave bursts into laughter oh my gosh like hysterical <laughs> laughter at the bottom of wind cave national park in the pitch black with a bunch of strangers we don't know just crying tears of laughter over my dad's stomach growling oh my gosh it was one of the funniest things that has ever happened in my entire that's life hilarious. to be honest that's hilarious it yeah, was, I won't forget that. Yes. So I, yeah. Oh my gosh. It was just so funny. I hope I don't, I'm probably not portraying it as it actually was, but I'm telling you, we were like crying about it for days after. <laughs> I can imagine when you hear a growl and like, I bet at first you were like, what was that? Yeah, oh my gosh. And then afterward, everyone was like, whose stomach was that? Whose stomach was that? And I'm standing right next to my dad. So I'm like, walking away i was like it wasn't me it wasn't me <laughs> it was so funny that is my funny. dad's like sorry guys i didn't eat breakfast oh my gosh yeah, yeah. I, I bet after that the lesson was eat food <laughs> yes eat food don't try to do a hike on an empty stomach especially in a hot place it, you not a good idea yeah or in a cave or in a cave definitely not <laughs> awesome so do you have a bucket list for future travels Ooh, okay. Well, my family has a bucket list. We want to go to Europe. Mm-hmm. And actually, we are actually planning on going to Europe next year. Hopefully, we're going to check out Spain and France, which I'm very excited about. But yes, mm-hmm. me personally, though, I have wanted to go to Hawaii for so mm-hmm. long. Yes. Like, I just have this gut feeling that I'm going to absolutely love it there. And I have no idea. Like, that's based off of zero fact at all because I've never <laughs> been there. But I just know that I'm going to love it. <laughs> yeah. The Michigan girl wants to go to Hawaii. I get it. Yes. <laughs> Palm trees and sunshine. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. So do you guys, like, have legit plans for Europe? Or is it, like, we're going to Europe next week here? Well, so we, like, just – so my – it's kind of hard. Like, our type of traveling, you have to plan Airbnbs and stuff because you have to, like, make sure it works with their schedule. So we're looking into it now, and we have most of them booked, but there's still a couple things that need to be adjusted. But, yes, it's pretty official that we are going to Spain and France for about two months, which okay. I'm so excited for. What are you most looking yes. forward to? Ooh, um, 
Oh my gosh, that's such a hard question. I would say, oh my goodness, you stumped me with that. <laughs> I'm excited to see like a different culture because I feel like America's like the melting pot. So I'm just like used to like this like mishmash of cultures and stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm excited to see one like really old and like true culture. Yeah. Yes. If I were going to Spain and France, my answer would probably be the food. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That's such a good answer. <laughs> I mean, you go to France, you get a croissant, a baguette. Oh. There's so much bread yes. there. Oh, my gosh. France oh with Barbie is very unhealthy for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I love salsa. So, Ooh, they yeah. have salsa in Spain, actually. Is that a thing? I, I think so. There's the salsa dance. So, yes. Why okay. Have, You're right. Why wouldn't they have actual salsa? <laughs> Yes, I'm gonna go to Spain and salsa dance, and then eat some salsa. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> You'll have to send me pictures. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Just All don't right, judge sure. my dancing too hard. I, I will pictures. never judge your dancing. Don't worry. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, Grace, where would you never go again? Okay, uh, that's so hard. I feel like I don't know. Okay. I just feel bad, like, condemning one place, being like, this is the worst place ever. I have to be honest. So my family does national parks. We're trying to hit all of them. And mm-hmm. I was n- expecting, like, people talk a lot about Death Valley and how cool it is, you know? Yeah. Like, I've just heard a lot about it. And to be honest, I was a little underwhelmed by Death Valley. I don't know if I would, like, never, ever go there again. But it was definitely not anywhere near the top of my list much closer to the bottom like that was just a little disappointing for me but I'm sure some people love it so I don't want to like just rain on their parade like sorry that's just my opinion (laughs) you're good I know people who love Oklahoma and I'm like why (laughs) but yeah that's the beauty of traveling is that everybody has different opinions yes that's so true and that Death Valley was also probably in part to your boring Airbnb you know what that is so true and I didn't even think about that you're very insightful (laughs) thank you (laughs) all right well I had this if you could what would you change about your RV setup question but you don't live in an RV so I guess the question is if you could what would you change about your Airbnb lifestyle um well what would I change that's hard most of my like complaints are just things that are like unfixable but I just like to complain about them anyways so I don't know what I could actually yeah because I'm thinking like in Airbnbs one thing that's so annoying is you go to Airbnb and you're trying to like make dinner make a snack and you have to relearn where the silverware drawer is and where the garbage is in every single house and it's just like can't they have signs or something (laughs) that say this is where the silverware is it's so hard to find Because some yep. people have, like, their garbage cans hidden in a drawer, and it's like, where is it? Oh, my gosh. It's like a mystery hunt. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would change. Yeah. Some Airbnbs do this where they have, like, a sheet, and it's, like, the house tutorial. But I'm sure there are mm-hmm. a lot that don't. Well, a lot of people have something like that, but just some of them aren't very in-depth. Mm. And sometimes, like, it's hard to find those two. So it's like, okay, I know there's a tutorial around here somewhere, but where is that? Like, and it's just like, everything's missing. You can't find anything. Right. It's the house <laughs> hunt. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, do you have any closing thoughts or questions for me? We've reached the end here. Mm. All right. Well, I'm curious about you. What is your favorite place you've been to? 
favorite place oh that's hard um <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna do three sections i'm gonna do national park <laughs> city and small town all right favorite national park is definitely glacier national park i've heard such good things about that haven't been yet though it's absolutely beautiful the water <laughs> is like it's either like a teal color or it's crystal clear because all that water co- melts down from glaciers. It's freezing cold. You'll never want to swim in it, but it is <laughs> okay. pure and beautiful. Uh, the mountains, it's the Rocky Mountains. They're jagged and yet they have so much greenery on them that it's like if you go in the fall, then it's just bursting with color and it's beautiful. And then also we went in like September so we got the first snow on the mountains so like the last day we were there these beautiful mountains that we had been seeing for weeks were just lightly coated in snow and it was just ever so much more beautiful it was awesome wow you just painted such an incredible word picture I feel like I'm there (laughs) and the real thing is like a thousand times better so yeah (laughs) yeah well Based on your description, I definitely will have to check that out. Sounds awesome. 100%. Favorite city is Boise, Idaho. It is a capital city, and yet it has zero homeless people, zero litter, and is, like, weirdly underpopulated for such being such, like, a major city. Huh. Like, I don't don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it, but we didn't see a single (laughs) single piece of litter. Everybody there was super nice. And it was in a pretty part of Idaho, so, like, why not? Cool. city. And then favorite small town would definitely be Whitefish, Montana, which is 15 minutes from Glacier National Park. Okay. <laughs> Hidden secret. They that have, sounds cool. Yeah, they have skiing there. Don't tell anybody. So uh, <laughs> that's another reason that I'd like to live in Whitefish, Montana. My sister and I already, like, yeah, okay. we're going to have a winter that's house cool. there. So, <laughs> that, I mean, planning for the future. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for joining us today, Grace. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. Yeah, totally. And thanks to all you nomads out there for listening. If you want to be on the podcast, say hi or follow us on social media. Check out our link below. And be sure to share Teens on the Road with your friends. Thanks again for listening and have fun out there.